A word from our sponsor, Von Seger Designs is a small Nebraska custom woodworking business making hand-burned customized wood pieces to be a statement in any room. Working with clients every step of the way, from hand-selecting the wood to customizing the design Von Segrin Designs, makes the process as smooth as possible. Specializing in items from themed bar carts and tables to cutting boards and signs so that you can show your team pride all year round. Show your Husker support in a unique and functional way. When you work with Von Segrin Designs, you support small businesses throughout the region. Allow Von Segrin Design to create a custom, fresh, hand-burned piece wood for your home or business. You can link up with them at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-D-N-E-S-I-1 and at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-N underscore designs. So check them out on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. Uh, go big red and uh, let's start the podcast. What's going on, children of the corn? Zach here. I'm doing our weekly read for Manscaped. Um, fabulous company, uh, fabulous products from the lawnmower 4.0 to the weed whacker, the crop preserver. To those are the main things I've used. Um, the lawnmower 4.0, absolutely fabulous water proof i believe as well so um definitely get yourself one uh the performance package 4.0 is what they sent over to us so um highly 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 recommended also if you use our promo code corn church you get 20 percent off as well as expedited shipping as well i think i got mine in like two days so um absolutely phenomenal plus if you get the performance package you also get a pretty badass travel bag as well as a set of boxers and i think a t-shirt as well so um highly 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 recommend them um once again 20 percent off as well as expedited shipping if you use our promo code corn church so ladies and gentlemen be sure to take advantage of it and uh enjoy the show have a good one everybody for joining us tonight zach here joined by only one of the fabulous schmucks we usually have fitz how are you doing tonight yeah you fitz 
Oh, you referenced schmuck, so I didn't know you were talking to me. My apologies. I mean, there's only, there's My only apologies one other schmuck the, here. To the audience there. No, doing uh, doing well. They got the, uh, got the uh, Halloween decorations out for the kids. They wanted to put it up and do all that fun stuff. So here we are, October 2nd. Your face everywhere? And, hey, that's, that's two times in less than three minutes. Burn. It's unacceptable. Well, it is. Well, what are you going to do? Have to deal with it for the next hour. You're starting to treat me like Frost treated scheduled meetings, and I'm not taking it. How did he treat scheduled meetings? Not very well. Yeah, no (laughs) shit. That's why he's not here. So speaking of Scott Frost not being here, uh, let's talk about what happened yesterday in Lincoln. Nebraska got its first I think it was a first FBS win in 364 days. I think I read. Was it? Yeah, it was 364, 346. Over over an FBS program, I believe. Yes. Yeah. And first win was, or was that also counting Big Ten wins or not? Because, or you can go back further because I don't, I'd have to, I mean, they had to have had a big, they had one Big Ten win last year, didn't they? It's too hard. It all starts to blur together when you're, the best three and nine team in the history of yeah. football. Yeah, well, they, oh. they are the something three and nine team in football. Um, but yeah, no, they they uh got a much needed victory 35-21 over the Indiana Hoosiers, who ended up talking a lot of shit for a team that did not show up to fucking play. That was uh that was pretty um apparent all over Twitter about the Midway through the third quarter when Nebraska's defense, and we'll we'll get to all of this, but it was like every pass, every pass breakup that wasn't a pass breakup, every incompletion, every tackle after Anthony Grant averaged his, you know, 5.7, which you nailed yesterday on the radio, by the way. Congratulations. Um, I was pretty proud of that one, too. <laughs> and it just, yeah, you're right, though, a lot of talk, a lot of, um, just exuberance for a team that you know fucking I'm, sucks usually. Yeah, and it, they've had their moments, but you know, I don't know. It was it was interesting the disrespect in which they come with. Yeah, and you know, and it's interesting to look because over the last five years, four years, I've kind of looked at the Huskers in in a frustratingly in frustrating manner of. It's you know, we go against we go against the team that is going to give up, you know, eight yards a, a carry. So what did the Huskers always do? They come out and they throw. He still threw a lot yesterday, but I maybe I maybe I'm the only one. But were you surprised at how much Indiana did try to run the ball? Uh yeah, I actually was. So I was I was in the stadium and I was watching it and I thought they threw it a little bit more than they actually did just being in the stadium. But when they did run the ball, there was a few times they were able to motion the linebacker a linebacker or the nickel spot out of the formation. So they were able to scheme their way towards some runs because they were able to crease it on the backside. Um, but, I mean, Nebraska outside of that was pretty effective. Uh, I was shocked at how much of an impact on the game Brian Bushini had yesterday. Boom boom. I I knew he was gonna 
I knew he was going to have a big impact, but I did not realize how big of an impact he was going to have because in those end zones, it was fucking loud. I don't know. They had a lot of trouble communicating down there. So with, with Bushini punting, he had a couple that he, I'm sure he'd take back and would want to do over again, but when, consistently and and I do appreciate the fact that we're not quite seven minutes in and you're you you brought up special teams it's near and dear to my heart so thank you Zach um anything that proves I'm right I'm glad to do oh I know that's there's always there's always your own silver silver lining I'm a Um, (laughs) self-fluffer you're something else aren't you um but when it when the when the time was right and it was needed he delivered like the one that went in the coffin corner. I think it went out of bounds on its own and the guy just kind of caught it and carried it out of bounds. Either way, that ball was going out on the two and you know, it's stuff, it's stuff like that. And, and what I, what I appreciate the most, and we, we kind of got this feeling when he joined us um, early in our um, illustrious uh, tenure of this podcast, he's just very, his demeanor never changes. Right. He got a little bit excited, but he's not, he's not, he didn't look like happy Gilmore, which you sometimes see, you know, on punters and stuff after they made a two foot putt, but they, he gets out there and he just walks off the field, you know, thanks his teammates, you know, does all that stuff. And then when it's time again, comes back out and and hits another one. So uh, kudos, kudos to him. Yeah, absolutely. Just, I mean, for me, he, he was the A plus player uh yesterday just on what he was able to do yeah well and okay so let's just stay on this then and we'll I'm come back to a couple of things i want to ask you specifically but overall special teams so they had several returns um from palmer uh the longest being 22 yards um they had a block punt that, that went malcolm for, herzog yeah went for actually he was the true freshman that people expected very little out of this year that he was a burner. So we yeah. knew that when he was coming out, yeah. but not a whole lot was expected out of him just because the, the skills were there, but he was kind of under-refined. Mm-hmm. And then seeing him crack that the three deep for corner and actually got a ton of playing time. I, he was an impressive He's, freshman. I believe, and I heard it this morning, but I, I didn't realize it till this morning, I guess he started last night. That's what I thought because I Tommy Hill wasn't in. He started. He started last night, and and I was trying to think who thirteen was. Yeah, thirteen was yep. Herzog, and I was I could not, I couldn't see if it was um, Braxton Clark or if it was Quentin Newsom over there. But I was like, well, Clark is six, or Newsom six, excuse me. And I was like, well, fuck, I can't tell who that is. But mm-hmm. he played very well for his first start as a true freshman. That's yeah, that's a that, that's a hell of a find for for Nebraska for the future. Well, it is, and he he doesn't. And it's it's funny he doesn't have the from what we've seen over the last few years with Fisher's group. He's not the biggest DB out there, right? Tell me if I'm wrong. Compared compared to your other guys, Singleton stuff like that, right? That they brought in, but he yeah, was. I think he's a five nine guy. He's, he's I mean, quick. he's not a giant. He's quick. Corner. He's quick. Oh. He's quick and, and fast. He's, he's got long. He's got distance speed. 
And he's strong though, too, because guess what else they did? And I know let's, I, I kind of thought we could break this down, um, you know, uh, offense, defense, some things like that. So if you want to roll with the defense first, um, they were pressing. They were up on the line of scrimmage. Um, I found myself to, I don't know how many different plays early in the game, but I was just looking at the, at the linebackers and counting the yards, right? So instead of seven, they were closer to five, sometimes four. Um, it was very obvious. Uh, a lot of times there were, you know, six guys across the, the line of scrimmage, different things that we just haven't seen in a while. Um, what did you think? Let's talk first half for a second half. What did you think of the defense? Uh, start the game was pretty strong. We understand that. But what did you think of the defense through that first half when it, it ends up leveling at 21-21? Any takeaways there? Uh, you know, honestly, I thought they did they did well considering what they've done previously. Um, it, it wasn't going to be perfect. Like they weren't going to shut this team out, but they did a damn good job making adjustments from first half to second half. They did a great job at, at, at I'm not even going to say disguising coverages because they kept everything pretty basic. I mean, they weren't doing anything incredibly intricate. They just, were committed to a game plan it seemed like and yeah you were playing young guys so you were going to get beat here and there but they didn't score and and nebraska did um so the defense did its job they kept the offense of that team to scoring less points than our, our offense did they got sacks they got hands on the quarterback i think uh, ty robinson got his first sack of the season so and he crushed him. He had some really good pressures though, too. He was he had some bull rushes that were, you know, just and and that's the thing, collapsing the pocket, right? The guys are pressing. So he's gotta, he doesn't have the the easy throws like we've seen the quarterbacks get, you know, making you know, horrible third string quarterbacks look like Heisman contenders year in and year out. Um, but just that that pressure alone from Robinson, um, you know, Nelson was, I mean, there. Were, I don't know if I saw a spin move out of Nelson, but he was just, Can just manhandling a fucking that guy. holding call. Yeah, there's a, there's a picture um, today I saw, and I, I want to give credit. I think it was Husker talk. I'll have to go back and check. But on the same play in this picture, there's a hold and it's a headlock pretty much right around the neck and there's an illegal hands to the face and they're side by side. And you know that it's to the quarterback's back, right? He's right-handed and yet they can't like, come on. Now I'm being and, disingenuous asking for that. Cause I don't, I hear it in the stands all the time. Come on. You got to give us a call. No, you should be a good enough team that you don't need to get calls. No, I well, get it. It's frustrating that you don't see it, but it's still like, come on now. You don't. Yeah. That, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a play. Opinion, that's though. a play though. That's a play. Like you, you, you're an NFL guy. You're, your Eagles four. No, congratulations, by the way. Yeah. Um, the, uh, can't the, wait to the, go to the Super Bowl this year. It's going to be fucking playing, cool. They're playing well. Uh, who will you be watching in the Super Bowl? I'm going to be watching my Eagles win it. Oh, you were saying they're going to, oh, I understand. I, I was counting them out. I'm going to already. smack you in the um, face. Bring it. So uh, 
but it's one of those though. This tall. I understand. I understand when the when the when the call's on the far side of the field and it goes away. Those are the ones that either either way, it's kind of like that's unnecessary in a way because you didn't gain an advantage, right? If they get away with it and they try it again and it's on that side, call it. But when you've got pressure like that and it's those are the types of calls. I don't know. I and I. Well, that the refs interjected themselves way too much oh. into the game yesterday. Um, I, I don't know what the amount of penalties. I know it was over 12, over, 12 for the Huskers, 11 for Indiana. I and the Huskers were at 125 a, yards of penalties, give or take five yeah. yards. Okay. I thought it was a combined over 20 between the two because mm-hmm. the game was so slow moving because of not only Indiana and how they play, but the amount of penalties and game stoppages and shit like that. But overall, I mean, the defense did their job. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't going to be pretty, but they did what they had to do. Did it, did it look to you? And we've, we've talked this, talked about this quite a bit over, especially the last couple of weeks. Um, even before that, uh, you know, Bill Bush steps in um, kudos to him for whatever he did, but we, we've talked about pulling, they've taken some calls out. They, they simplified it a little bit. Did it look to you like the guys were just playing football rather yeah. than thinking? Was it a little bit more instinctive versus yeah, um, trying, you know, to comp- trying to comp- computationally figure out where I need to be and then react? And then, by the, like I said yesterday, by that time, you're three yards away and the angle is completely wrong and you're going to look silly. Yeah, it was, it was good to see just an athlete be an athlete out there. Make a read and go. It's not – Hey, make or read, but then you got to check here and then you go. No, your check should have been pre-snap. That's what you're making that check for so that you mm-hmm. can just go. You're not making a check to make another fucking play. You're making a check to, to be in a certain area to, or to get into a certain coverage. Well, and, so, it, and it's, and it seemed very, it was, it seemed very simple on both sides of the ball and tell me your thoughts on, because, and Matt Mellon kept talking about it. And I think he was exactly right though. And again, I'm going to make this very, very simple. And I know it's it's more in depth than how I'm going to make it sound. Indiana running the guy in motion, identifying very quickly zone or man to man, right? Yeah, that's why. That's what you're doing that for. Exactly, exactly. But other than that, the Huskers weren't doing a lot of move. They were following it, or they weren't, and they were pass. But they weren't passing guys off in the you know deep in the secondary. They weren't passing guys off at linebacker. I mean, Reimer doesn't get that interception if they're passing these guys off. And that's any any crossing routes that we've seen over the last, uh, let's go back to the beginning of the Riley era, you know, so last eight years, it seems like no man's land. They can sit in there and they get it. I, those are the things that I saw last night that seem to be taken away because, you know, assignments were were given and assignments were handled. It was very, it was, it was easier you know, guys were, and, and I think the, the, the thing for me that really stands out though is how fast they were responding and reacting, getting to the ball, but also multiple guys getting to the ball. Um, the one that, that, that really caught, you know, was just an awesome play. Um, and I, I, and I should have double checked it. And I think it was Buford. Tell me if I'm wrong. It was look like a little bit of maybe like a tunnel screen, um, he had some blockers out there, the Indiana receiver and Buford came running in, got through the block and just hit the guy, ended up like kind of picking him up by a leg and just dropped him. 
Um, yeah, I think that was, was either, yeah, I'm pretty sure that'd be for, yeah. And then, and I think uh, just the plays like that, that that's obviously tackling, right. It was, it was hitting. Um, he, he wasn't late. He wasn't, it was just a that's really, want really to and give a fuck at a certain point. Yeah. But, and I think he's the same one. He was wearing black shoes. I think the entire defense needs to wear those black. It's just, I don't know what it is. The Again, black Adidas. You, you reference it all the time. I'm old. There's something about those black shoes that just like, I don't know. It just, it, it, you know, reminded me a little bit. Remember the Titans, you know, just kind of old school. Going out the and opposite, playing I got to go white cleats. Oh, uh, why? Well, I'm always flashy. It shouldn't yeah. surprise you in the least. How are, how are tank tops flashy? Well, just, I'm not just because you have a bedazzled with... fanny, just because you have a bedazzled fanny pack. I'm glad I finished the fanny pack on that second one. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I've got I've got plenty of bedazzled things, so fuck off. Um, let's go to the offense. I want to talk about the offense because I think it's gonna be longer. Oh, I, and there's yeah. I I don't want to get super deep on it because there's uh, there. I want to talk about the Chris situation. Um, and and then I got actually asked a question that I think could take up a little bit of time. So uh, about basically my thoughts that I don't want, I don't think Mickey necessarily wants the. Yeah. I, the I, I, wonder, I saw uh, that I bookmarked it. I want to bring that up as well. Um, offensively. Oh uh, man. That offensive line fucking scared me. At least Ooh. in the beginning of the game. Okay. There were more, but I'll tell you here's and and again, a nice way to put that one. Maybe it's the fact that we are conditioned right now to want to watch it more because we're waiting for just the, the the floor to fall out of it. But a couple things that I saw that were improved. Number one, they made some changes. Anthony Hunter stepped in and was serviceable. He was serviceable to the point where once Ben Hart got subbed out, benched, whatever you want to call it, there was a series in the second half, I believe. He came back in, had a holding call, and then he was gone again. Really, that's um, all you need because I think Anthony is a, a talented enough guy coming in from Oklahoma State. I, I think he, if he is not a turnstile at right tackle, it's an improvement at this point. Yeah. So who who was who? And and I'll look at it while you're. We kind of go through, and I'll come back to it if we're not 100 percent sure. Uh, right tackle, Chubba Purdy gets that sack. I thought, asterisk on this, I thought he tried to throw it at first. I thought he kind of, and was I was like, what are you, zone? it just, and it just popped up. It just, it was a fumble. That's all it was. It was a fumble. Um, but oh, Yeah, but I think he came, got such a rush that. Well, that's what I'm saying. And that's where I, I went away from my original thing is that it came on that right side and Grant, looked outside and then didn't come back inside. Right. Not, not completely his fault only, but I'm just trying to figure out who, because where I was going when I first started with the offensive line part is watching it. I saw more communication from those guys. And there were so many times where the guard made the right choice. Do I step inside? Do I step outside? There were a lot of times when the right tackle and it's probably Hunter for the most part, was coming off the outside guy and Grant came in and put his, put his nose in there, whatever it was. Um, and to that point, it just seemed like 
the offensive line was, was meshing a little bit more, right? They were, um, you know, they were together. The calls, you know, were, were there for the most part. I don't know. It's just, you know, and then just adding to that some recognition on, Hey, yes, it's still not the best. Yes. Casey Martin still takes some hits and I'm going to say number one still Thompson. needs to get rid of the, he, need, he needs to get rid of the ball. He needs to get rid of the ball a little bit quicker on times, but they started rolling them out a little bit. And I think that helped everybody. So, but that's the, you know, offensive line part of it. I think they saw, saw some things. Piper, I think did a pretty good job. Um, you know, we can, we don't need to talk too much about the whole Corcoran thing. Number one, that wasn't a punch, but you just don't put yourself in that situation for the referee to think it was a punch. Um, you know, I don't know what, what do you think the offensive line is going to look like come Friday against Rutgers? I'll keep it really simple. Whatever, however you finish that game with those guys, put them back out there Friday. I, I don't have, I don't have any expectations at this point um, because the floor has kind of fallen out for the team when, when your head coach gets fired and your defensive coordinator gets fired. Um, Mickey was put in a hard spot, mm-hmm. an impossible spot. So anything he does positive at this point is just a testament to him being a hell of a coach. I I don't I don't think you can do too much switching up with that offensive line. It no, just I, what it, if Corcoran's out there, great. If he's not great, I mean, I think he's I think he's a good he's got to be somewhere on that line. Lutowski, Lutowski played well. He came in. I mean, he was, I thought he did all right. Yeah, um, you just you can't just, but, have your quarterback take the shots that Thompson is taking Yeah, every he, fucking game. But it shows a little bit more promise, right? I just, he, I don't know. I'll just, I'll, I'll take that. It'll be interesting to see. Um, we'll study up on, on Rutgers a little bit and come back and talk to talk. I about mean, I'm, I'm happy week, there's, I'm happy they won the game. Uh, th- that can't be understated enough. This was a much needed victory for this team, for the for the players, for the coaches, for the for the fans to a lesser extent. But just to show these players what you are doing is working. Um, the small incremental growth that you've had mm-hmm. in the three weeks under the new coaching staff, in quotations, you're doing the right thing. So when you do the right things enough good things happen. It, it, it's part of the process. And that's what Mickey's preached. The process, the process, the process. That's one thing you can't cheat the process. That's what we've all done. Anytime that you try to cheat the process, and this doesn't even attribute to just football. If you try to cheat the process, you're going to fail out somewhere. Something's going to fall it, out. It may work. It may work. It may work. And then eventually it doesn't. And then you're left wondering, well, why didn't this work? Well, because you got lucky the first three times or something happened that worked in your favor, like you said. Um, but yeah, and you were, you were in the stadium watching the game. So I don't know if you ever heard um, Mickey's comments to the sideline reporter leaving the first half. Nope. And she asked about, she asked really about the penalties and some of the stuff with the offensive you know, line and things. And he said, and he just referenced, he's like, stupid penalties. We got, we got to clean those up with it. And she got, she said, how are you going to, what's your, what's your way? How are you going to do that? What's the, what's the way that that's going to get fixed? He's like, he, he just said, oh, they're going to hear it from me. I'm just going to go in and talk to him. We're going to get straightened out. He has that confidence right now 
that what he says goes. It's not, if you guys can do this, let's go out and, and really try to clean this up. No, it's like, hey, you've seen it before. You do this, you're not playing. You do this, you're not playing. Do this, keep playing. And he just put it out there and it was, he didn't sugarcoat it at all. And I was like, okay, let's, let's do it then. And, you know, again, some of those penalties a little bit, you know, you, you fight, you, you play through some stuff and, you know, it's, it's give or take on, on everything, but he's, yeah, yeah no, I he mean, does. we're not like a dictatorship if you got to, it is what yeah. it is. I mean, yeah. we're, it's in the, it's in the business. We're, we're in the wins and losses business at, at, at this level. So. What did you uh, what did you think of Anthony Grant? Thirty two rushes. Did he crack? Where was he at? One, one. I don't know. Thirty ish. One twenty ish. I know he was yeah. somewhere along his yards per carry or about his yeah. normal ones. So he's he's eighth in the nation. He's eighth in the nation right now, um, which is pretty. You think about our offensive line a little bit. Now he's making some of those yards. He he's got the spin move down to a science. Uh, he had that one run. Well, there's a reason he had 1,700 yards in yeah. his uh, last year of Juco yeah. football and just looked like a man among boys there. He's, yeah. doing it. He's still doing it. So you've got you've got the running game with him. Gabe Irvin didn't get a, a ton. Yant had his moments, um, which was kind of nice to see. They're, they're getting rewarded, it looks like, for, for good practice again. But, you know, guys that can play are getting in there. And then – then the uh, old reliable number three, Palmer. Are you are you surprised at his production right now? Did you think this was going to be where it is? They they spent a lot of time on the broadcast as as Millen and um, uh, Phil uh, Followell, uh, the other announcer, talked to Joseph, and they they talked about his relationship with Palmer, the fact that Palmer, you know brought all his stuff with him when he came, you know, bags and stuff with him when he came on his recruiting trip and just, you know, said, I'm not leaving and followed Joseph. Right. So he had that relationship already. Um, and Joseph talked about that after the game. What do you, what do you make of Palmer's uh, play right now? Cause he's leading the big 10, I think in receiving. Well, you remember what Priscilla said? I mean, we talked to her about Palmer and she said that once he's comfortable, they, they seen that, that Palmer that they were, used to seeing there they've seen the actual tray come out Mm -hmm. and when you're comfortable in your environment and you're comfortable in your surroundings it doesn't matter because you know that you can go out there and kind of be free and do your craft like you don't have to worry about oh if this happens then this happens now that doesn't mean you can't get your ass ripped for making mistakes you should get your ass ripped for making mistakes that when you've got his level of talent but you got more leeway with that level of talent too. There's a reason why you have five stars by your name. No offense. And Joseph said, you know, he, he grew up quite a bit though, too. You know, yeah. I mean, up, you have to, when you're transferring, mm-hmm. I mean, going through that process, we've talked to a bunch of guys that did it. I mean, you got to grow up quick. Yeah. And you know, it's Oliver, Oliver Martin had more catches than we've seen. Marcus Washington, who was my X factor yesterday, wasn't heavily involved, but you know what though? If, if you get Palmer doing what he's doing and catching eight out of nine balls, seven out of eight, whatever it was, it was a really good number and a good yardage. Um, and it could, took the top off the way that he did. You know, I'm not going to complain. Vocalect, Vocalect, excuse me, was involved. 
Um, is there anything that you still need to see out of this offense and you're hoping that we see it Friday against Rutgers? Just be consistent. That's that's all I want. Just give me if if we could I don't know. I'm not asked for anything crazy at this point. I mean, stick with your average on the year, which I believe is 28 through 30, somewhere in there at points wise. Mm-hmm. Um, stick with that. Um, defensively, just just stick with, with, with what you did. Just simplify, attack, and go from there. And, and just don't kill yourself at this point. Uh, if you can do it, just, just – control what you can control at this point if you if you do that everything will take care of itself well and now the the crazy part is we just it's been a while so we as fans haven't seen a t- this team how is it going to respond after a win um you know the georgia southern that was just i'm not even gonna that's a race from my memory because there were so many issues going on. There's so much, you know, that probably behind the scenes that we don't even know. Um, checked in, who was checked out, who was ready to, I don't know. Um, so it'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting to watch how this team comes out. Um, you know, Mickey says the right stuff. You know, we got 24 hours to enjoy this. And then, you know, and in the interview at the end, press conference, whatever he says, it's then it's on to Rutgers, right? We gotta, we gotta get this ready to go. So um you know, I, I agree. Be consistent. I wouldn't mind seeing Whipple mix it up a little bit, you know, very um, consistent on passing on first down, you know, not mixing, not mixing it up. Um, you know, you've got an offensive line that was it's vulnerable on the edges. So, you know, maybe throw in a, 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 a draw, whether it's quarterback run game draw, if it's a, you know, receiver or a running back, you know, just a little bit of something to, to keep those, those guys honest, maybe a little screen game. Um, hey, if that old man wants to say, huck it, chuck it football 50 times a goddamn game and it wins us the game. I don't care at this point. No, no, I agree. I agree. But if you get, you got to find ways to maybe protect your line a little bit. Um, what about, uh, what about Purdy coming in and running the option on like his second play of the game? He goes, he goes for a fumble. That scores a touchdown could have should have, could have been a safety right, but and then just kind of gets drilled on trying to stretch out that that option and I don't know it's just put, puts him in a tough spot. Mickey covered it and said that uh, they uh, wanted to see him like well you know we've seen the Cody Green moment where a coach wanted to see Cody Green and they put him in it to two yard line and that you know that's not fun for anyone. Um, any any make to that? Let's the benching of. They showed some some replays on TV. Uh, Whipple was pretty animated with uh, Thompson. I don't know what was you obviously don't know what was said, uh, especially in return. Um, any anything to make of that, or is is Thompson still the guy? Nah, ain't none to it. I mean, that's a coach being a coach. Okay. Rip his ass on the sidelines. If you guys sit him down, sit him down. I wouldn't be doing my job if I wasn't asking the question, Zach. But no, I'm just it, it's much to do about <laughs> nothing. It, no, I know. I know. It's just strange how it it's like they've almost gotten to the point like I don't care if you're Casey Thompson or quarterback. If things aren't going right, if I expect you to do this, you know, Joseph's talked about, you know, see it, play it, throw it with your eyes first. If you can see it, then throw it. You know, you're there. 
Um, I mean, that's what holding, what holding a little bit. All know, the good like coaches that. do. I mean, yeah. they're not above the team. Yep. And it's, it's simple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that game kind of is what it is now 24 hours and enjoy it and great win. Hopefully, we're talking about another one on Saturday morning. Yeah, I, I honestly, there were times though that I, I, I knew we'd be recording tonight around six to seven, something like that. I, I thought for a while that the game still might be going on as we started record tonight. Yeah, um, it was uh, not a fast moving <laughs> game. It shit was slow, but well, you had the referee who said, you know, I, I obviously joking, but you could imagine it. He says, uh, due to the ball not reaching ten yards, it will now be second and nine. Almost between every play, it seemed like his voice was being heard on every single down every it was i don't know something but he's he's kind of been like that's his thing though he talks and he you know i don't know yeah i don't i don't know what ref you're talking about i was telling him all the fuck off so no the referee in the game last night who was announcing everything who was explaining over explaining he was he was football explaining to everyone like they'd never seen or would know a rule um, oh yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I guess I was wondering why the explanations were longer than normal, yeah. but let's move on. Uh, Mickey Joseph as the permanent head coach, if that were to happen, since I was asked about it, do I think he wants it? No, I don't think he wants it. And this is coming from my own two cents is not coming from talking to anybody or anything like that. Just my read of the situation. Just don't think he wants it. Um, I think he knows where he feels fits in very well as a key cog which is is kind of the let's not say can't so i'm going to give both sides here i think he fits in very well as the associate head coach and the wide receivers coach he's had one year of head coaching experience now he's gonna he's getting three quarters of one this year at nebraska it's going to be a litmus test for what he can do operating with a fucking dumpster fire because that's what he's operating with there's going to be no win number that's going to guarantee him the job either way let's get that out of the way. championship he can win every game the rest of the year that's <laughs> it guarantee him the job um it, you could catch lightning in a ball there's a lot of things that could go with it but it's not the wins that are going to guarantee him the job it's how he runs the program it's what kind of plan can you bring to trev at the end of the day to say hey i deserve to be the ceo of this company Here's my, you know, here's my, my plan. Here's who I plan to bring in. Boom, 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 boom. Come with a structure, come with a plan. And honestly, you, like I said, you could cleanse on this shit where you have a wide receiver coach who once given the availability and, and, and resources, which Mickey has would have here in Lincoln, Nebraska um, to hire the best offensive and defensive coordinators around and surround yourself with them. It, it could work. Uh, he knows how to manage people and and be the alpha in the room. That's what Mickey knows how to do. I just don't know if he necessarily wants to take that step and add that kind of stress and, and pressure. Now you get into coaching to make it to the highest level. But if you're elite at what you do, do you want to take the chance to do what Scott Frost did and return home and not say Mickey would bottom out, but do you want to take that chance? If I'm Mickey and I can make a cool million being the associate head coach and a wide receiver coach, and I'm a lead at both, why not? I'm in my alma mater. Any, if I can help this program get back to 
I'm not even going to say national prominence, but if you can help the program get back to being relevant on a yearly basis, I mean, legacy alone, I mean, he would have an untouchable legacy here. Well, a couple things, and and I agree. I, I also question really not question so much as just wonder, does he, does he want it? He is, he's a man of integrity. He's a man of principle and he's doing the job that he's been given. Bill Bush has pretty much said the same thing. You know what? Is it the way that I wanted it? No, but I'm going to take this on and I'm going to coach. That's what we do. Chicken salad, chicken shit argument. Yeah. That is my, and that is one of my favorite quotes ever. Uh, I think it was originally on Sesame street, but I'm not sure we can, somebody can fact check that for us, but uh, Big um, Bird said it. You are yes, correct. Can't make can't make chicken shit out of chicken salad. Yep. Big chicken Bird. Salad out of chicken shit. Yes. So anyway, but I, I just don't think whether or not he wants it. Here's here's kind of how I, I look at it. He's a leader of men. Either way, if he if he doesn't want it nor get it, whatever that is, and he is there, you just you said it. The university, the team, the program is better for it. He can kind of name his number in a way. And, and you give it to him. Here's okay. the other side, though. I'm wondering, tell me if, what you think. If he doesn't get it, does it have to be because he doesn't want it? Now, this is where I, you said that number. Like, if he goes, if he wins six of the remaining games or something like that, and he doesn't get the job, does he have to, is it in his best interest? If he's staying, number one, that's I think that would be huge. I'm talking about the big picture now of the team and moving forward. Does he have to tell those players that I didn't want the job? Because they're, you can tell they're already behind him, right? Garrett Nelson's saying the right things. He's, you know, he kind of said the same thing he did with Frost, but he's there. He's fighting for Mickey, you know, those sorts of things. But does that create a, a divide at all if he doesn't get it? Is there a concern there? And I'm just, I'm throwing out all these, all these answers because you see what you or question excuse me to see what you think no because as soon as mickey took over yeah as soon as mickey joined the the team in the offseason they weren't okay these are their players no these are my players as soon as mickey took over in the offseason these are my players the wide receiver room right yeah the it's not these are these aren't guys i recruited no these are my players Mm -hmm. um and that then you've seen that when he took over as the head man it, this is on me. So he has taken individual accountability for something that's not, not on him, mm-hmm. but there's a reason that people want to, people want to listen to somebody that sounds like they know what they're talking about. If you can say something convincingly enough, people are going to listen. It doesn't have to be true, but if you believe it, people are going to listen. People are going to follow because that's, I mean, people are followers. So you've got a strong, strong presence in the room with Mickey. If he doesn't get the job for one reason or another, whether that be him not being, I, I don't know, not, not qualified is not the correct term, but let's say that someone else that's a, a current head coach with a, a better resume gets hired on. There's a 100% chance that Mickey Joseph is on staff next year in some form yeah. or fashion. There's no way they let him get away. Well, and it would be and it would be stupid of this whomever this new head coach is if it's not Joseph, right? And I'm going to I'm going to put this out there. I'm going to trust Trev, right? 
I'm going to trust if he says, Mickey, this is your show to go. I'm going to trust that. And I'm going to be behind it. 100%. I'm not going to question it. I'm not, this isn't, this isn't for me. Oh, he came back home. Well, you see how they're recruiting out there and what they're telling these kids. Like Mickey does not come off to me like a guy that's going to um, tell Malachi Coleman, um, Hey, I'm going to be here next year regardless. And then is in some other city, you know, some mm-hmm. other university and no, in, in, in three months, like he doesn't strike yeah. me as that kind of dude. Well, and, and you talked about the, you know, these coaches that they're looking at with, with a, a better resume, the, the issue, not even in the issue, but the, you, you line up those resumes, you know, I, I jokingly said, you know, does, does Mickey Joseph put this on his resume? You know, the game last night, obviously Trev is looking at that, but a lot of these Should, Trev was in the locker of, room with them celebrating. He was on the sidelines. He was on the sidelines high-fiving the defense when they had a cup. I don't know. It was maybe the last stand when they turned the ball over and then they Huskers had it with like two minutes to go, whatever. But, you know, all these other coaches, yes, they're going to have more head coaching experience. And now it's, you know, now you can get into the weeds on is Nebraska the place to start as your highest head coach? Probably not. We've seen, we've seen that, you know, we've gone from, a you know kind of a swan song retirement trip for riley to frost coordinators been around some great minds in football maybe flash in the pan on some of the offenses um you're very well versed with one of the former eagles coaches not panning out with what they were trying to do and was it too big for him it starts to maybe look like it it was um i'm only gonna and i'm gonna use this example because it was it was uh, uh, Drake who unfortunately could not be with us tonight. Um, prayers go to go out to Drake. Um, and he just had to blessed. Work. Yeah, he just had to he just had to work. But um, anyway, um, he brought up when we talked about our coaches when we it's went to he's the coaches. An adult with shitty time management skills. Yeah, that was a big that was a high point yesterday. Show. <laughs> but we we went through the coaches conclave. He brought up Bronco Mendenhall. And I, I ran across something where today. It's a good uh, thing it's, I didn't say what I was going to say. And it's, and I'll give you time. It's it interesting. Do, well, it has to do with something that's like a, a Bronco. Oh, you're going to go with the juices loose. So anyway. Nope. I was going to um, go with something that uh, involves a donkey. <laughs> Shout out to one of our favorite Twitter people. Corrupt oh, donkey. yeah. Hey, donk. Uh, hey, donk. Um, awesome pictures of the poolside watching the game. Not necessarily poolside, but enjoying that on an October 1st in, in Nebraska. So living his best life. Yes, he, yes, he is still waiting for that invite. So uh, once you oh, hear this, well, uh, actually this he up. gave me, he told me that we can do it whenever we just got to uh, get it figured out yeah, this week before Rutgers seems like a great time, but anyway, um, Bronco Mendenhall and the reason just using him as the example, because you had the uh, Drake brings him up yesterday. You know, we all know him from BYU, uh, was out of Virginia, uh, was not coaching right now. So the lead in the article was, is this, is there a person that could potentially come in midseason? Is there somebody that could come in, whether it's an analyst, could they hire him and just let him kind of be there? And, and are you and sure? See? I think he is coaching. Why? Would I think I, he's still the head coach of uh, Virginia. You know what I'm talking about when I sent that article? Um, the 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 headline and maybe I should have 
been able to read. Um, uh, but anyway. Well, he stepped down, I guess. Okay. So, Reese Davis, uh, ESPN, uh, on a podcast, and I, I'd have to, I can't recall the other person's name, but they had an interview with him, and this was uh, maybe a week to 10 days ago. And some of the things that he talked about were going into a system that is in a place and has the structure to win. And so where I'm going to go with this to just kind of get you thinking about it is you've got a, you've got somebody like that who knows what he's looking for. So there's, there's part of what we have to understand as fans that it's not just necessarily who we want and who want, who Trev wants, but you also have to have the other side of it, the candidate, the coach wanting to come into Nebraska, right? Well, a couple different sites uh, ranking the open opens, right? But but Bronco could come in uh, before the season. But some of the things that he said just kind of got Reese uh, talking about and thinking about was that pointed at Nebraska in a way. Because you, you look at Georgia Tech, for example, right? They're open, but they're also searching for a new AD. Bronco Mendenhall specifically said, I want to go in and work with, not for, I want to work with an an established athletic director that, you know, values winning values, football, you know, things like that, which, you know, is, is Trev in a nutshell. So, but you have a long, long windy road to get to the idea of what jobs are open and where, where do you think Nebraska fits? So I may miss a couple. I'm doing this off the cuff here, but we've got Georgia States open. Auburn is open, right? You now have, as of today, Colorado is open. Um, it's Carl. Um, uh, what you? What's what's his last name? Carl. What'd you tell me earlier? You. you oh, Carl Durrell. Sorry. Durrell. Thank you. Sorry, Carl Durrell. Um, Arizona State um, is just uh, is a mess. Uh, that was kind of pointed out on on that from on that podcast I referenced before. Um, and now, as of this afternoon, you have with Wisconsin open. Yep. So you've got uh, Paul Chris. Who's going oh, back? Going back to Walgreens. That was a that was a surprise because there's a new AD, right? There's a new sheriff in town. It's not Alvarez unless he's still pulling the strings from. But yeah, so mean, you have Jim Leonard. You have Jim Leonard as um, interim head coach. Am I missing any major programs that are looking no, for new coaches I think at this time? I, as far as notable ones, I mean Georgia Tech's open as well, but yeah. it's not Auburn, really going to be Auburn, an Georgia Tech, job. Arizona State. Wisconsin, Nebraska. There's probably a couple in there that are maybe a little bit. Where does Nebraska fit in your mind as the as of right of, now, probably second? Um Wisconsin behind. opening. Okay. Okay. Wisconsin opening is the first because of just the stability they've got. They know what they do well. I, I would say it's 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 very close because Nebraska's a head coach away from being able to I, to, I hate the sleeping giant thing, but Nebraska is a sleeping giant. They're one head coach away. They've got the everything else like, that they need. They've got the players still nationally that want to come here. They've got the money. They've got the. They will have the facilities within the next couple of years, I believe. Um, oh yeah. Trev wants to invest and wants to get this program back. NIL is there. There's no reason Nebraska can't be nationally relevant again. Well, and and I think too, whether Wisconsin's the that job, I think it takes a particular. Yeah, because uh, to go Gary to Wisconsin, Anderson, 
Gary Anderson yeah. didn't work out there, and he was a pretty he successful at Utah State. He wanted to do his own thing, right? He had an idea of what he wanted to do. And it Big just Daddy Alvarez said, you ain't doing that bullshit. It didn't fly. So you kind of wonder the type of personality that's looking for Wisconsin. I could see, again, this is October 2nd. I think it's going to be Jim Leonard. Okay, so you've got, okay, so Jim Leonard, let's just, if it's not Jim Leonard, I could see them going the route of a, you know, somebody coming from right now, somebody coming from the Mac, right? A PJ Fleck type who's shown success there because it seems not that, I'm not saying Wisconsin is a stepping stone job. That's not exactly, that's not at all what I'm saying. Not even exactly, it's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying though is I could see them because if if whomever's in charge wants to maintain what the identity is of Wisconsin and, and that sort of thing, obviously Jim Leonard can do it. Um, you know, now it's down to your sorry, there's a bug flying around here and I, I it's my it's my squirrel right now. So um don't give me don't give me that that look, you son of a bitch. Um but somebody that could come in and almost kind of be controlled a little bit that doesn't have that experience that is just grateful for the job, you know, comes in. So I don't know. That's kind of what I see a little bit for Wisconsin. Now I can be dead wrong and, and they're the ones to get. And how would this, how would this make you feel? I think that Jim if Lane Leonard, Kiffin went to Wisconsin. Then no, that's they're absolutely <laughs> no. they just, that would be such a culture clash. <laughs> That would be absolutely well, insanity. He yells at he he gets mad because the fans leave. What would he say when he walks into the stadium and it's you know halfway through the first quarter and none of the students are there? Well, that's how it is right now where he's at. So, well, um, yeah. it's um, yeah, it, it's going to be a very particular guy that they get up there because they know that development is going to be key. And Wisconsin can pretty much take offensive linemen from just about anywhere it seems like and develop them pretty well um but yeah it's gonna be i i i think leonard isn't actually a, a good candidate for that job i think he's he was gonna be a hot name on the market anyway wisconsin's gonna jump on it because he was in house there's no way they let that guy leave if he finishes with a essentially if he can hold it together he's got that job next year he just can't well, have the bottom fall out. He can't had, do worse than Chris, essentially. Well, and that's kind of what you, besides the the awesome hats and, and the, you know, the cold special clothes that he wears, I, I just don't know what Chris did. You know, you know, I'm not following and I'm not, you know, into it that much, but it just doesn't, I just didn't, I don't know. It just, they can't, they had, they can't get a quarterback. I, whoever goes into Wisconsin has to recruit a quarterback. Paul Chris looks like a gremlin to me. Just yeah. a gremlin that hangs out yeah. under a bridge. Yeah, he's got a he's got a mouth on him though. It's kind of fun to watch. He's uh you know, you you what wonder though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Don't feed him or uh, get him water after midnight. So but those are the, you know, Scott Frost situation obviously. But do you wonder those conversations that that are had the week before? Do you think Chris had any idea that this was trending that way or was this a complete and total shock just after the performance yesterday? I think it depends on the coach's um, relationship with the athletic director at that point. 
it's essentially what's your relationship like with your boss. If you've got a clear line of communication where you feel comfortable being able to be honest with each other and give each other some hard criticism, then yeah, he knew exactly where he stood. But if he had a bad relationship with that boss, I guarantee you that that caught him a little bit off guard getting that pink slip. So it's, it's, it's interesting to see that they pulled the trigger now, but it seemed like the last couple of years, Chris was kind of trending toward this just with people being not necessarily happy with some of the stuff they were seeing. It's the Bo Pelini effect. I mean, we've seen it here. It's exactly the same thing that's going on up there. They just can't botch the next hire. Well, here's the, here's the thing that I find interesting. You have what a lot of people have said for a long time. Oh, it's gotta be, it's gotta be somebody that gets Nebraska. It's gotta be somebody that's connected. Okay. So now look at, look at Wisconsin. Chris McIntosh, the AD, was a former player at Wisconsin. Now he's in his his second year of being the AD. Um, and Jim Leonard played there. You know, it's just they are every way you look, and you know, it's not hard to to connect the dots. It's not you know, it's not a six degrees of separation with Kevin Bacon. It's pretty straightforward. Barry Alvarez took the identity of what worked for Nebraska but he's held on to it for a long, long time up there to the point where it's, it's almost incestual on, on how things are, how things go up there. So where they go with the head coach, I'm not going to be shocked if it's Leonard. It's again, you know, he's on a tryout right now. He's interim. He, you know, same thing as, as, as Mickey Joseph, but I think there's, there's, it's crazy to say, it, but there's probably a lot more to fix up there. There must be quite a bit more. I don't, you know, I don't know what, what's going on, but, that's that's going to be interesting. Um, let me let me veer off a little bit and just kind of get your your feel. You were and I I agree, and I let let me rephrase that. I appreciate your what you're saying and how you're saying it with Mickey Joseph maybe not wanting to be the head coach completely. Everything you're saying fits. Um, and you, you could be hundred percent right, but I also think if, if you're wrong and he's the head coach, I know you're going to support him. Right. So, oh, yeah, I mean, I, I support whoever the fuck the head coach yeah, is it's, yeah. it's program over, over, over uh, coach. Okay. So <laughs> thank you for that segue. What do you think if the next head coach is currently coaching? Yes. The number 17th ranked team in America, your Yes, I said it. Your Kansas Jayhawks. What do you think of Leipold right now? I, I think he's a phenomenal developmental coach. Uh, if he doesn't, if 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 Wisconsin doesn't go with Leonard, they're going to go Leipold. Um, and if they do, watch the fuck out. Yeah, because that, that could it, that could change that dangerous. offensive system because you know they're a one trick pony, right? And if they yeah, have a good Braylon tight Allen end, if they have a good tight end, they're all right. But they. Uh, if they can't run, they're they're screwed. We saw that yesterday. Um, and speaking of, we'll talk about Illinois down the line, but that is crazy. Um, but yeah, if he brings that offensive identity of what he wants to do, a fun brand of football to watch. Um, uh, I don't know. And you, but you can't. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta pick. You gotta make your choice. And if it's not Leipold, you go with you know Trev picks who whomever it is, and Leipold. You know, the best situation there is that Leipold tells the Huskers no, 
tells Wisconsin no one stays at Kansas. Um, and the Big Ten across the board might be better better for that if it's not if it's not Nebraska. Um, is there anyone else right now going into you know exiting week five of the season who's who's kind of high on your radar? Um, I still got the same usual ones up there. Um, I've got Aranda still. I've got Kiffin still. Um, nobody really other than those two has, has cracked it. Uh, Stoops, I still really like what he's done at uh, Kentucky. One game is not going to change that. Uh, all big time. They're at the highest level of Division One football right now. And they've all built those programs up. And now Kiffin and Aranda had some pieces in place, but they've done a lot of work to get it to where it is now. Uh, Dave Aranda was the only coach to beat three AP top 10 teams. That was a stat yesterday that I couldn't remember on yeah. the, on the um, radio. No, you said it, you said it. And that was good. Okay. I, I couldn't remember I, if I, I, I off the cuff, I said, I don't think that's happened in the last 17 years. So yeah, it's, it's um, uh, he, absolute insanity. What he's at, done down at, there. At Baylor. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fuck. Um, but yeah, and what Kiffin did yesterday, a lot of luck, but Ole Miss was able to outlast Kentucky. So, uh, it it was a a lot of really good coaching yesterday to watch. And it was, and it, and it does make it fun to, you know, you're watching Kansas and Iowa state. So two coaches that a lot of people talk about, you're watching Kentucky and Ole Miss two coaches that were we're talking about and other flipping back and about. forth between yeah. all these games. Like and it's this. just fun to kind of, to, to see their style. And I find myself now watching how are they interacting with the players? How are they interacting with the coaches? You know, just different things like that, because no, that's not the telling tale, but you, you said it, Elaine Kiffin, a Mark Stoops situation, what they're doing, where they're at, the wins and losses, all wins and losses aren't equal right? All wins and losses are not equal. And, you know, we've, we've seen it before you go all the way back to, you know, sometime in the late seventies where Osborne was, was close to quitting because they just couldn't, they, they, they were struggling against Colorado and people were trying to push him out of town. Right. Yep. And then he comes in, fixes it, gets to a lot of bowl games and then realizes, Hey, here's what we need to do. We just couldn't, couldn't quite compete about with the, um, your Florida's, your Florida States in all those bowl games. And now all of a sudden they, you know, start changing the types of players and he starts coaching, same coaching, just a different element. That's what I see in the SEC with, with some of these guys. And so, you know, you take into account history there, you take into account a little bit of personality, um, you know, and like I said, at the start there, not every single win, not every single loss is, is measured, is measured the same. So, um, Aranda, you, you hit on, he's got, he's got some big wins. Uh, you know, Huskers obviously right now as fans as a program, we're just looking for wins, but those types of wins program defining wins, um, rush the field wins, those upsets that we've been on the other side of that Georgia Southern recent memory. Right. So I think if you, if you're not a hundred percent on board with, you know, Stoops is, is Aranda right there, or is Kiffin 
better than Stoops? Is, you know, is Matt Campbell a guy who can, who can bring the program? I think if, if you go back to what you talked about with Mickey Joseph not wanting it, the more he wins and the better the players play, it starts changing the, the look of, of this job. And I think it's still a premier job to get. Um, we've talked about it ad nauseum that somebody can come in and win. They're going to, they're going to have a statue erected outside of Memorial stadium just by going to a bowl game. But if you get, if you get somebody that comes in and has the idea and the mindset and the confidence to say, I can fix this and we can do this, this, and this. And you, you mentioned it before a sleeping giant type of thing. And I know I've just been, I just kind of went on a little bit of a rant right there, but it, it all goes back to, you know, looking at what the coach has done, where they've been. And I know I got blasted yesterday for a Dave Dorn and stuff like that, but he, he's a good developmental coach though. I he mean, is, he but he's does... very similar. He's like Leipold though. If you, you know, not having existed. I'm just They're saying right flashy, now, but they just no, do what they do well. No. And, you know, we always talk about winning the press conference. Does the name that comes out of Trev's mouth saying, I'd like to introduce the new coach. Does it have to be a huge splash? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Because I don't necessarily care if it is at this point, as long no. as it's a good fit and whoever Trev brings in, I feel like will be the best fit. All I know is the next coach's name. And I know I'm not the only one because there were former Husker players who have said it on record saying they also had to Google Mike Riley when he was announced by iCourse. If we have to Google the next head coach, we're screwed. That ain't a good sign. And, and that's not, and I don't think that's not, you know, in Trev, in Trev, we trust, right? We are, we are, we are good there. So um, what do you, what are your last kind of thoughts here on the win yesterday? What do you, uh, what do you, what do you take out of that the most? Um, you know, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see this team celebrate a victory and it was a hard fought victory and it was earned and I'm happy for them. Um, they deserve it and they don't deserve a moral victory because, oh, we, we want, we lost by three. No, they won that game. They, they earned that victory. So I, I give kudos to Mickey Joseph and Bill Bush for stepping into the positions they are, the, the other coaches, the players. Congratulations, y'all. You guys earned it. You deserve it. Celebrate. And then it's back to work on Tuesday. Yeah, and to see, it, it feels lots of different things, you know, have come out over the last couple of years, especially now. You know, there were, it seemed like there were some, there was some fragmentation. Um, there were some, some chips in the, in the foundation, but it feels more just even in a, in a, what a game, one game can do. It feels like a program. You've got Trev on the sidelines. We mentioned before, you've got Trev in the locker room. And if you haven't checked this video out, we'll, we'll tweet it out. We'll retweet it. We probably already have 17 times every time we see it. But when he's talking, the, the passion the, the pleasure, the appreciation, and how proud he is. He said it. You know, I was, I was going back to uh, whoever the uh, – was it Paul? What was his name at Iowa State who talked the whole proud speech? Oh, Paul Rhodes. Paul Rhodes, yeah. I kind of laughed, but 
the fact that he recognizes that. And he's, we haven't seen that. Like we're not seeing, we weren't seeing videos of Scott Frost talking after in the locker room, win or loss. Right. But you've got him down there. It just felt. It well, you got to be in the locker room to talk. Well, yeah, there's, there's all those sorts of things. So, but just him giving the game ball, telling the players how proud he was, just like you talked about right there. It feels more like a program. Is this what the program needed to, you know, to, to write itself a little bit? A little bit of a galvanizing thing. I yeah, feel like yeah. and- it, things are a lot better when you're winning. It, you could have the same shit going on, but things are a lot better when you're winning. And yeah. big game on Friday coming up with the Rutgers. Rutger, tried catching myself and I was going to do it anyway, but yeah, uh, I think we may do a podcast before then. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Why not? Right. People people want to hear from us. We know that seven of them, seven of them them want to hear from us. I've heard from six of them. So I know that. And six of them are your, your family. So anyway, let's, let's, (laughs) let's bounce out for the night. Uh, since Drake isn't here. Uh, you got anything else bud no it's uh it's, it's fun to podcast after a win i know we in terms of uh, everything's kinda, a little bit better after a it, win it, it really is um but you know i'm 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 good it's gonna be a fun short week uh excited to to get back after on friday that's the that's the thing it's like oh uh, maybe we needed a bye week and which was helpful but now we need to buy no when you get a win you want to play that next keep that momentum way. going like those guys want to shoot up and they want to play tomorrow Right. You know, they're going to work hard. They're if it gets us away, I'm good with it. And they're going to keep tackling in practice so they can tackle in the games. Right. So there you go. Crazy how that works, isn't it? Well, we will get out of here. Fitz, thanks for joining me tonight, bud. Uh, Zach here. Drake was not with us tonight, but I think he'll be on the next podcast. So thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you later. Have a good one night. Members of the congregation. Let's raise our Kool-Aid-filled glasses and drink to all the things that were, are, and forever will be Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go Big Red.